Uh, what a great time of the year, hey? I tell you what, I think uh, this year, Christmas is sort of meaning something even more special. Uh, it's going to be like a chapter break that we've been longing for all year. Uh, I think, you know, I, I, funnily enough, I think uh, around Christmas season is maybe often more, uh, it's more the season where we evaluate and look at the future than maybe even New Year's is. Do, do you find that by the time you hit New Year's, you've already done the New Year's thinking? Because as you approach Christmas, you're sort of thinking about the end of the year, reevaluating the year, and then potentially looking forward to and, and wondering what next year will bring. And I find that uh, even just right through December, certainly for us, you know, I guess as the team plans for next year, we're, everything we're doing is about next year already even though we're not quite there. So I find it's more, more, maybe more of a natural break than New Year. I, I don't know if that's you. And I know um, you're generally thinking, you know, what's going to be new, what's going to be fresh in the New Year. We have high hopes for it, or at least we should have. And, and I know for me, I always try and be thankful for the year that was, though, and not just race into next year. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. But... If you, the three people who just agreed with me and me, um, it's actually been a bit hard this year to find the good stuff in one sense uh, because it has been such an unusual, I'm not going to use words like unprecedented or pivot, and, but we all know what I'm talking about. Um, it has just been an unusual year. And, uh, and so I think this year, you know, we will be looking forward with hope into... 2021. I hope that we are. And, uh, and yet I think our society really struggles with the concept of hope. I think our society has a lot of wishful thinking, but not necessarily hope, where it's like, I just wish things would be better. If I wish hard enough, and then we've got, you know, people that say, well, if you just, you know, you, you, you will it to be, and it'll bring it towards you, and all that sort of stuff that I think is just really shallow, and it's based on nothing other than wishful thinking. Just wish it could be. And, uh, and yet, I think for the Christian, hope is something that does have an anchor, that does have a, have a, uh, uh, a, a root to it. It's not just mindless or baseless. And, and when I think about this year, it's not like this year has particularly been bad for us as a faith community. Far from it. Dennis and Rose have just returned from the far west, uh, where they were out delivering presents and vouchers and just blessing people, uh, where we've been going now for many years in the far west of our state. Last week, uh, or during this whole season, our life groups, many of them have grown and multiplied. Just last week, we baptised eight people, and we've already got a number of people who put names down. They want to be baptised first thing in the new year. So when I look at 2020, in spite of the difficulties, it, it certainly hasn't been all bad. But I think that we should be hoping for something even better because hope is a Bible thing. God, uh, Paul says, we serve the God of all hope. So we should always be believing for more. We should always be believing for better. We should always be stretching our expectations. It's amazing because our world says, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, yeah that's right. But then it'll encourage you to have wishful thinking, which is not based on anything 
in reality. So what I want to do is look at a Christmas story today. And, um, and let's look, I'd like to look at turning wishful thinking into hope. Turning just wishing things were different into hope that's actually anchored on, based in something that can bring change. And so we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, and this is a story after the birth of Christ, um, and Jesus is being taken by his parents up to the temple to be dedicated. And just going to begin reading right now at verse 25. Going to read from the easy translation. At this time, a man called Simeon was living in Jerusalem. He was a good man and he obeyed God. And he'd waited a long time to see the special person who would save Israel's people. I love some of the language in this version. It's so simple to read. The Holy Spirit was with him. Now, that's code. He'd waited a long time. That's code for he was old. Okay. Um, The Holy Spirit. Anyone else been waiting a long time for anything? No. You can't say that when you're in your 30s. The Holy Spirit was with him. The Holy Spirit had told him, you will not die yet. So he's actually ready to kick off. But he had this promise, you won't die yet. And now the day, uh, sorry, you won't die yet. You know that the Lord has promised to send his Messiah. You will see him before you die. And now the day had come. The Holy Spirit told Simeon that he should go to God's great house. Again, I love the language, the temple. And so Mary and Joseph were bringing the baby Jesus to do what God's rule said. And Simeon went to them and he took Jesus and he held him in his arms. Older versions say he took up the child. And then he thanked God and he said, Master, I am your servant. You've done what you promised to me. Now I can die, listen to this, with no trouble in my mind. Now I can die with no trouble in my mind. I really have seen the person that you've sent to save your people. You've sent him to the world and people everywhere will know about him. He will bring light to people so that they can know you. He will show you to those people who are not Jews He will also show that your people of Israel are very special. I love this. Simeon is, as I said, an old guy. He's been around. He has been part of the historical journey of Israel to this point of Messiah's arrival. And knowing the history of Israel to this point you would know that anyone of his generation or anyone actually just living at the time of Christ who was maybe old enough to consider the world and its matters and what was going on, they were all wishing change. There wouldn't have been anyone who was living under the jackboot of Rome or should I say the war sandal of Rome and had been doing for hundreds of years, there was no one in that land that didn't wish things were different because things had been terrible. The persecution, the, you know, last week I I just talked about one episode where where the Roman general Varsus crucified 2,000 Jews in one event. That's what they were living under. And so you could easily say that everyone in Israel 
was just wishing things were different. But there's something different for Simeon. And all through this passage, it mentions it. He had laid hold of a promise. He had hoped that change would come because his hope was anchored in something. It wasn't wishful thinking, but he'd anchored it in a promise. And here, uh, the passage says again and again, I've got a, you know, I believed in the promise and the promise has now come to pass. That's how he gives thanks. What you promised me, you have done. And so hope, to me, the difference between wishful thinking and hope, wishful thinking is just wishing things were different. Hope is when you actually anchor those wishes on something of substance that God has said. He'd anchored himself on a promise from God. I'm not sure which one, but the Old Testament is absolutely full of them. Uh, We have great promises that we often read or we sing about at this time of the year, like Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called... Wonderful, mighty God, wonderful counsellor, mighty God, Prince of Peace. And I've got no doubt that they were the kind of promises that Simeon, as a dedicated guy, had hung on to, like so many in Israel had hung on to, hung on to, and hung on to. And his hope was anchored in something of substance, and therefore he saw his hopes come to pass and and I just want to encourage each one of us the fact is many of us would not be here today if we had not anchored our hope in a promise from God I know you know sometimes I, I talk to people you know more privately I guess I have a vision of what my life would have looked like if I had not met Jesus at 21 years of age, if I had not put my hope in a promise that Jesus had died for me so that my sins could be forgiven, uh, as I grow, grew in my Christian journey, I'd come to understand that that wasn't just about a ticket to heaven one day, someday, but that God wanted to actually restore my life now and have me walking in his promises and hoping for better things and that pulling me into my future as he restored my heart, restored my soul. And many of us here today know exactly what I'm talking about, the promises of God. Well, I want to encourage you, as we come out of 2020, I I think that we need to lay a hold of some fresh promises for ourselves. We need to get in and have a bit of a read, like Simeon obviously did, and anchor our hopes, not just in some wishful thinking that things would be different, but actually anchor them in the promises of God. So here's some things that I guess, well, that's some of the things I observe in this passage. Um, I I love it. Again, he had real hope, not wishful thinking. How would I compare? Here's a recent example of wishful thinking, not mentioning names, okay? It's interesting that we'll see in our societies and, and we'll see it across the world that a particular politician might rise up with a mandate for change. And that particular person gets in and everyone's excited and I think it's funny that even sometimes God's people start to act like this person could be the answer to human ills. This person's going to fix the economy. This person's going to, you know, hold some semblance of, of maybe Christian values, what could be aligned with some sense. And we get all so excited and people lay hold of their hope in that. And to tell you the truth, if it's politics, folks, it's wishful thinking. 
You know, now I'm not saying that they don't do good and it's definitely better to have a better leader, but they ain't the answer to the human race. And so you have all these people that put their hopes in it. You have all these people that get really, really upset by it as if they're going to destroy the world. And then in another election cycle, they're out and someone else is in and guess what you have? You have everyone who was against the last one having wishful thinking with the new one and everyone who had wishful thinking with the old one upset with the new one. And at the end of the day, the answer for humanity is never going to come through a politician. We need them and it's better to have a good one. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if that's what we really... And sometimes our language betrays us. Sometimes the arguments we're prepared to get into betray what we really have confidence and faith in. And, and I want to encourage us. You know, it was an amazing thing, but when you listen to Paul under Roman rule, saying things like, you know, be submissive to authority, we have no idea the kind of brutal authority he was talking about. Yeah, and we get so cranky and upset because we've got wishful thoughts about how things could be different, but ultimately Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is the only one who's ever going to have hope for the human race. And the only way that our hopes will ever be realised is when we look away from the world system and actually anchor our hopes in promises that come securely from heaven, from our God who wants to restore us and bring healing to the planet. It went really quiet while I was talking about politics in here. You do realise I'm not talking about any particular brand, uh, but I'm sure your imaginations have already run wild, so I'll just leave it there. Um, Here's the result, and I love this. Simeon said, now I can die with no trouble in my mind. Now I can die. What an incredible way to get through life. What an incredible way to finish life. You know, sometimes people start life well, they don't finish so well. It's easy to start life well as a young person full of energy. But really it's how you finish that probably counts. And here's Simeon going, you know, because I've trusted, because I've held, I've waited a long time. This did not happen overnight. I've waited, I've waited. You could say he trusted, he held on in spite of everything he saw. He was believing that God had a better day. He was believing that God would fulfill the promise that he would send someone that would save his people. And then Simeon gets to that point in his life where maybe he was even wondering whether it could happen God reassures him, you're not going to die till you see it. He, I reckon he was looking at his watch like, God, if you're not going to do it now, <laughs> I don't know how much longer I've got on the planet if you're not going to do it now. And God says to him, don't worry. This is a very personal thing. God spoke to his heart. You won't die until you've seen it. And imagine his joy that he was actually able to, to not only sort of um, see it, but hold it. He received the promise tangibly. And again, I know for many of us, there's been many occasions in our lives where we would have tangibly received what we were believing for, where we saw it happen. And then I also know that represented in a, in a group like this, there'll be plenty of us that are still waiting to hold the baby, literally, to hold the promise. And, and, and this is what I love about this passage and the, the wording of this passage 
in the original language. And it's, it basically says in the Greek, when he took up uh, Jesus, he held him in his arms. This is the Greek word dekomai, and it actually means to receive or to accept. That's the word. He received or he accepted Jesus. Isn't that powerful when you think about our journey as, as believers, that if you will just accept and just receive Jesus, receive the promise, then really the result was I can die with no trouble in mind. In other words, I can die happy. I've actually discovered what life is all about. I've held life itself. And you know what? That's what gives you hope for the future. Holding on to the promise, holding on to Jesus, holding on, receiving him. Maybe you might be here today on a bit of a journey with God and you've never got to the point where you've actually accepted or received him. Friend, I want to encourage you. You know, in our world system, if you haven't noticed, there really isn't any promises out there. There's really no promises. Lots of people make promises. The fulfillment of promises is rare. But one place where you will find promises fulfilled is in Jesus Christ and in the Word of God. And I'd encourage you, if you've never, if you've never got to that point where you've accepted and then received, literally taken a hold of God's promises for yourself, then I want to encourage you to do it. Probably one of the best ones that I can think of, John chapter 3, verse 16. And it says, God so loved the world. That, that includes everyone. That's not just church people. God so loved the world that whoever would believe in him, that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You'd actually know what life is all about. Just like Simeon taking the promise to himself, holding the child in his arms and just going, God, you are faithful to your word. Of all the things that shake in this world, of all the things that are corrupt in this world, I've held on to you and you're the only thing that's ever genuinely come through for me. And I want to encourage you, that can be you. And if you look at Simeon, you know, he had three real responses. The first one was just like absolute thanksgiving in the now. You know, Lord, thank you. You've fulfilled your promise. And he gives this, you know, this big moment of praise. And then there was a, a, another one, a sense, just let me get to my note. What's the second thing? Peace for life. I have no trouble in mind. So like a, a, a heart of thanksgiving and joy. Peace in the heart and hope for the future. He will bring light to many people. So Simeon wasn't just going, this is a good day for me. He was going, wow, because of what's happened to me today, I can perceive that this could happen for everyone, everywhere. That's God's plan. And, and haven't you found that when you open your heart to Jesus, that's exactly the revelation you get? that this is not just about me all of a sudden. You know, before you come to Jesus, often we live in a bit of a bubble around ourselves, but all of a sudden when you come to Jesus, at least this is the way it should be, all of a sudden you lift up your eyes, you see the fields are white for harvest, you realise this is not just about me, but everyone everywhere needs to know the kind of peace and joy that I've discovered because I've received the promise for myself. I've accepted the promise for myself. So here's some thoughts, here's some questions for us to think about as we close today. Is your hope for the future 
anchored to anything or just wishful thinking. And, and, and I'm talking now beyond 2021. Like it's one thing to talk about a new year, and, but, but I mean for life. When I look at Simeon, it, it was his life's journey hanging on to the promises of God. His life's journey right till he was an old man. He'd been waiting a long time, but he saw it come to pass. So hope for the future is not just about having a happy 20 or 21. Who, who knows, any one year, which just been proved dramatically this year, any one year can do that. But over a lifetime, a journey of hope and trust that actually carries you into your future. Do you have that? Or are you just wishful thinking, hoping the economy will do it, hoping a politician will do it, hoping the right relationship will do it, hoping a substance will do it. And you'll find that all of those will leave you short. The second question would be, what is your expectation? In other words, are you looking for something better to come or are you just fearful of a future that is, that is at best just a repeat of last year? What's your expectation? Are you really believing God? Can I encourage this church? You know, no matter where you're at. And, and, and I know what it's like where you believe for something and it seems to get disappointed. The more you believe for it, the more you seem to push it away from yourself sometimes. Can I just encourage you? Keep your expectation. Keep your hopes up. Hope is a Bible thing. Wishful thinking is a worldly thing, but hope that's anchored in the promises of God. That's a Bible thing. That'll carry you through life. Keep your expectation. In spite of disappointment, keep your expectation because that is literally what faith is. Expectation in spite of disappointment. Last question. Are you willing to receive him? Lay aside fear, uncertainty, guilt and pain. Let his peace and joy rule in your heart. And and I know that that might seem like a, a gospel proclamation this morning, but I want to speak it to believers as well today. You know, this Christmas 2020, after a crazy year, maybe after some disappointments and some unexplained things, unexplainable things, maybe it, we need to actually open our hearts afresh. Maybe we need to take the Christ child again in our arms and hold to promise. For some of us, that might be revisiting those early days of knowing Jesus and our thankfulness that we were just, we were good with God. That was good enough. He hadn't done anything else, but man, if he can forgive me, that's a pretty big deal. Maybe for some of us, it's just a matter of holding Jesus again in the most basic way. Look how far he's brought you. We're all on a different part of the journey, but just look how far he's brought you already. And can I encourage you, embrace him once again. Determine to receive him once again. If there's been hardness of heart around disappointment or anything like that, determine to let that break and fall away and receive him once again. And you will receive the joy. You will receive the peace and you will receive the hope for a better future that's anchored in something like a promise from God. Could we all stand together? Um, I'd like to pray for us today. How are you doing? You doing okay? Yes. 
doing okay? I, look, honestly, I feel like there's something on that word. I really believe that was a word for us as a church. And uh, if you can receive it with faith, come on, let's pray together right now. Let's pray together. Father, we just open our hearts to you. And we do. We want to receive Jesus afresh. Lord, the hope that you bring. Lord, we want to lay hold of promises. I, I pray, Father, for each and every one of us that in this next few days even, you would lead us to promises in your word that we can hang on to that will take us into our future. For those of us who've been hanging on to promises and hanging on and hanging on in spite of disappointment, I just pray for a fresh zeal and passion and a release of faith in the name of Jesus to hold on to your promise and, and to see it come to pass, whatever you've put in our hearts, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And while we're in this moment of, of worship and reflection, Friend, maybe you have never before received Jesus. Open your heart to his promise. His promise is life eternal for you. It begins now. It doesn't start just somewhere in heaven, somewhere later on. His life at work in you, his eternal power at work in you can begin today. All you have to do is take him up on it. Receive him. Just like Simeon did, took that child in his arms. Christmas 2020 could be the time, the season when you do that. So maybe if you've never done that before, friend, you can do it right now. Just right where you stand, just open your heart. And maybe you can say something like, Jesus, I receive you. I accept you. I want you in my world. Lord, forgive the past. And take me into my future with hope. Something like that. Some kind of internal cry. God recognizes my friend. And put your hope and your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Mike's going to come and maybe explain what comes next. Thanks, Mike. Can we thank Pastor Chris?